Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? Feeling well. How are you? I like that. I'm feeling well, present, and really happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I like what I learn when I come here. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Hey. Thank you all for coming to the space. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? In my mind, the community has grown in such a way mm-hmm. where I really feel the listeners, the notes and reflections and what people are posting on social media about the podcast and right. writing to us. Yeah. Helps me imagine us in this space together. So wherever you are, however you're listening, just that moment to be able to check this podcast out and explore your emotions is is such a radical way to show up for yourself. Mm. So if you're in between parenting or (laughs) running an errand. Or searching for a remote. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Yes. Uh, So today is a special episode for me. Mm. I'd like to think it's special for you too. Special for us, our family. Yes. I'm going to open it up with uh, affirmation from my book. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, I feel like the first affirmation is fitting. So if you have your text, turn to page six. Okay. And it reads, I'm grateful to be a mother differently than I ever imagined, but not a deficiency in who I am. I am a mother. Differently than I ever imagined. But not a deficiency. Wow. And who I am. I am a mother. And I take a a deep breath. Yes. With that affirmation. As I prepare to talk about Mother's Day this year. Uh-huh. Not too long ago, I was asked about reflecting on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And when I was reflecting on it, in the present, just at that moment, I felt my body like tense up. I felt my jaws clench. And even in this moment, I can still feel my heart beating a little bit, a little bit more notably, a little mm. faster. I imagine it's the same pace, but <laughs> I can feel the presence of it differently than I, I do at rest. And I want to take note of that, that, that feeling that I'm feeling is, is okay. And I wanted to reflect upon why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and understand and investigate more about it. I actually didn't write this down, but I'm realizing that motherhood for me, mm-hmm. prior to having Kamali and Kamayu, I didn't quite understand what it was. I didn't quite understand what made a woman a mother. Mm. Or what makes a person a mother. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that it was my perception. I, I felt like maybe other people and what they could see and how they perceived someone determined whether or not you were a mother. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to try and like break it down a little bit more. Yeah. You said you were feeling like. What others 
people's perception, what they were seeing, is what made defined motherhood. Mm. I, I would love to hear more so, about I, that experience. I'm saying that like this now and just like laying it flat for me that the reason why I feel that tenseness, the reason why I can feel my heart just a little bit, pounding a little bit harder, mm-hmm. is because I'm still trying to resolve that in my mind. Resolve whether or not if someone who hasn't had an experience like mine looks at me and perceives me as a mother or not. So context, when I had Kamayu, I had heard from some people who affirmed that I was a mother still. And then I also heard from folks that said, not right now. And I had to really kind of resolve, well, what makes me a mother? Am I a mother? Mm. And I remember when I finally understood how I came to be Kamayu's mother. I guess I'm still working through that. I'm still in wondering what someone else might perceive of my experience and consider it valid for motherhood. I think it's courageous that you say that aloud. And I think it's courageous that you come to this space to investigate that. Mm -hmm. I think it's, there's strength in that stride and that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I also acknowledge that for a listener, this could be the very place they are. So I want to make room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thank you for journeying to this place, Fee. Thank you. So I I say all that. I I was writing my reflection today, Riga. And I realized, like, I hadn't really had a reflection about Mother's Day because it, it, it was a few days. I mean, it, what was it, like two or three weeks ahead of me? Yeah. Right? I mean, it still isn't here. I haven't even thought about, like, what I'm going to get my mom for Mother's Day. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, let alone, like, how am I going to be honored on that day or what it is, what it is that I'm going to do? And I even thought about, like, Grateful, I guess, to have an opportunity to reflect upon it, mm-hmm. uh, to help me refine it more. And any thought that I have about how others perceive, like my Mother's Day, is actually just my thoughts. I had to write that. I had to remember, okay, mm-hmm. any thought that I'm having about how someone is perceiving this Mother's Day is actually just my perception of how others are perceiving me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to spend a lot of time there. So I went into taking a moment to perceive Mother's Day for myself. And I realized that this Mother's Day actually doesn't even feel new to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel new because it isn't my first Mother's Day celebration, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In fact, my first Mother's Day was spent in celebration and I did not have any children physically with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I recall. How unique of an experience that is and in, in one that really interrogates like what is 
motherhood? What is, how does one become a mother? Right? And I wrestled with what is making me a mother. And truthfully, I thought that having a child in my arms, having an opportunity to to nurture a child on this side of the earth mm-hmm. is what made one a mother. One that can be seen, right? Having a child physically with you that another person can see and have a relatable experience. I thought that is what would make me a mother. That in part because of I don't want to jump in with a question. No, I appreciate it because I'm but, taking I'm taking a moment. I'm taking a deep breath to gather my thoughts. But I'm wondering how much of what we define as motherhood or what we see as motherhood is based on the experiences that we see visibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we know that it is only a short part of the the journey. Mm-hmm. What we see is only, you know, a, a cliff note. The journey is so much more nuanced. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Rika, I think I gave a lot of authority to what someone else sees to define myself. Mm. That's such a unique thing, especially around like motherhood. Like, why would I give others the authority to define this part of me? When in fact, like when Kamayu came, she made me the mother. Absolutely. Whether someone sees her with me or not, she is the one that made me a mother. It is who I became when she came into this world. Even though her entrance into my life was different than I imagined, it doesn't change the fact that she came, right? Mm-hmm. So I go on to write, you know, that first Mother's Day was celebrated in and in honoring that she came and I appreciate every loved one that sent flowers and cards and breakfast and pies. <laughs> honoring who she was, honoring my identity as a mother because she came. Her coming forever changed me and who I am. And it's actually not something that can be undone. But her lack a physical presence caused me to wrestle with this. Mm. And I guess I keep saying it because it's still a matter that I have to, to rehearse the knowings. I don't know why this is. Don't worry. You don't have to know why right now. I got you. We got you. I, uh, I noted to myself, like in what ways, did I feel myself as her mother, right? Like I, the magnitude of love that I felt when she came into this world. Like my will to want to hold her, my will to want to nurture and care for her. But even as you noted, the time that I had to take to investigate, the way that she stretched me to become a version of myself that I never thought I could be. Mm-hmm. These are the ways that I get to show up as her mother. These, mm-hmm. This is the evidence that I feel, that mm-hmm. I know I have to rehearse the knowings, but these things were also confirmed by Kamali. Yeah, she grew you. 
she did. All all that I I rehearsed when Kamali came, I was like, oh, okay. I feel it again. Mm-hmm. What I was feeling is true, you know. And recognizing the continuum of parenthood that we're on. I think because in our experience of having Kamayu and having Kamali, it's not very clear or very evident how you can track your experience or what the how you've changed between your firstborn and your secondborn and the wisdom that comes with parenting, right? Like, you know the memes and the jokes when people on social media are sharing like the personalities of their firstborn and the personality of the second born and the personality of the youngest, right? Mm-hmm. And we love watching that because mm-hmm. like this this firstborn is kind of like this, you know, kind of easygoing kind of one. And, this, <laughs> and the younger they get, they get full of more color and personality. But I recognize that it can be challenging because though Kamali is born second, we're experiencing this for the first time. So the wisdom that is built upon in parenthood shifts differently for us. Mm -hmm. But I submit that parenthood is not only in the wisdom of the decision-making, but it rests in the heart. And our heart was expanded in beyond imaginable ways, providing evidence that you were a mother. Mm -hmm. It's the heart shift. It's the capacity to love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I also have to acknowledge that while pregnancy Labor and delivery is a magic portal into becoming a new version of yourself and a new version of (laughs) life and motherhood. There are mothers who love deeply and had their hearts reimagined, who did not have the privilege of carrying a child full term Mm -hmm. or term at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it does not mean that they aren't mothers in the way they show love, mm-hmm. in the way they shift their hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's so many experiences, too many experiences to make determination to judge. But I submit that it's the heart that labors. The body does as well, but the heart swells and it expands. And the very idea of having a child outside of your body, on this side of time or beyond, Every moment of our thinking is spent around, you know, how is she doing? So these are all the little nuances, not just the carriers, not just what type of stroller you have, not just how they're growing or how many teeth they have, but parenthood and namely motherhood is so so much more than what we can see. So much more we can see. And I think we should make room to respect that. Thank you, Riga. I uh, I appreciate how you hold me in this space and make room for me to lean into my process mm-hmm. and also create reminders to rehearse the noise. This is such a special conversation and such a special part of who I am but sometimes I can have a difficulty articulating what this means for me and thinking about what someone else might perceive of it. 
I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But you, you set up very special and unique reminders, so thank you for that. I also want to, well, one, I acknowledge that you thank me for that, but that is just what I do as your partner, as Kamayu and Kamali's father. I honor you as their mother. But I also want to speak to the parenting experience and the differences that it creates in the way we still have to show up as Kamali's parents and Kamayu's parents. Mm -hmm. Shortly, we'll be traveling to Virginia Beach (laughs) to make an offering to Kennedy's angel gowns. Mm -hmm. Fee, you want to tell us a little bit more about Kennedy's angel gowns and what's happening in this space? And then, because being Kamali's parents alone did not bring us to this space. Mm. It is being Kamayu's parents. You are Kamayu's mother. And that's what brings you to this space. (laughs) Tell us a little more. So Kennedy's Angel Gowns is an organization that repurposes wedding gowns and makes gowns and garments for angel parents who are uh, trying to find that special outfit to lay their child to rest in. It's a very nuanced, well, before I jump into that, I want to remark how this particular organization and what it is that they do touches me so much. I can vividly recall Kariga and I going into stores, trying to find that last outfit to lay Kamayu to rest in. And that was an extremely difficult task for he and I to do. It's like, okay, what fits right? They're small. They're very small. And then like what gown or garment is sufficient enough to represent the care that you have for this child? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like washing your baby's face, doing their hair. Like you want to make sure that they look right. Like Mm -hmm. according to your family standard. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So us trying to find that and how incredibly challenging that was. The challenge of having to go to a retail store where you are seeing infants' clothes Man. that your child will never wear. Yep. You go through the 12-month, the 9-month, the 6-month, all these things. So in the moment of trying to find the incredibly complicated task of what is beautiful enough, what says I love you enough, yeah. what has our personality enough, you're having to do it in a space that is reminding you of moments you will not have. Mm -hmm. So this is a part of the nuanced experience of angel parenthood that some couldn't even imagine the anguish of having to go to a retail store and go to the children's section. Mm -hmm. It's agonizing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's puzzling. It is. And this family, um, Heather, Mm -hmm. She gave birth to Kennedy, right? Mm -hmm. Full term. Mm -hmm. And she was not able to get up and go find a garment for her daughter. Mm -hmm. Her husband had to go out and look, and it was incredibly difficult for him. What can he find that fits his baby that is just the right garment? And Heather, Mm -hmm. being her mother, was like, Take my wedding gown. 
mm-hmm. and I'll make something for her. So this work has continued and they have been clothing babies mm-hmm. all over the world, sending these gowns all over the world, these garments. And something very special that a large, these funds are also being used to purchase what I believe are cuddle pods. And this is the technology that allows angel parents to spend more time with their child after birth because the body can deteriorate so quickly. Mm -hmm. So it needs refrigeration Mm -hmm. and hospitals. Some hospitals have these pods for parents to be able to spend more time. And this is particularly important because when Felicia spoke about defining her motherhood measured against what she was thinking others' perception of her was, and did people see me with my baby and did my baby come here and am I a mother? A large part of why our community was able to experience Kamayu was because the hospital had a morgue downstairs Mm -hmm. and because we didn't prep or plan for this outcome, we never knew what to expect. And somewhere in the process of transferring the baby from the delivery room to the morgue, there is a documentation that the parents are supposed to sign. Well, our grief was so intense that there was we didn't sign any document. We didn't know to sign any document. The morgue attendant took that as permission to not send our baby to the funeral home and came back upstairs and asked us if we wanted to spend more time. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize how profound that was to defining your experience. Every morning when Kamali and I come downstairs and when we leave her room, we go downstairs and on the right side of the hallway is a painting and beneath that painting is a portrait. The painting is a representation of all the hands that surrounded Kamayu when she came into this world. Kamali sees that every day mm-hmm. and we say hello <laughs> every morning. I express that because that moment that we were able to share mm-hmm. was afforded to us because the morgue attendant gave us more time mm-hmm. with Kamayu. Mm-hmm. The photos that gave us permission to share intimate moments came from that. Mm-hmm. So Kennedy's angel gown is so profound in that they're providing these moments that parents don't even know they'll need. But it is central to the identity formation, central to the bonding, central to how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. And this work is profound. So when we head to Virginia Beach to speak at the Angel Ball, we're doing so on behalf of Kamayu with Kamali in our arms. (laughs) So there's a binocular vision that's required when looking at motherhood in this way. Angel parenthood and parenting a child that's here. The awesome and wondrous feat that is of providing for your child and waking up in the middle of the night and breastfeeding. I don't know how to measure the two. I won't compare them. I, they cannot be. No, but, I, <laughs> but I know that the grief kept you up at some of the same hours in which you breastfeed. Mm. So I'm not counting hours of rest. 
And some of those hours of rest was restlessness. Mm -hmm. So they are different to be admired. And that's how I admire you in the many spaces you hold. But if this is to rehearse the knowings, my job is to celebrate you so that you can stand in that identity for yourself. I don't define it. You define it. No one else defines it, but I celebrate it. That's my right. I share that institutional memory. I was there. And you are. <laughs> Thank you, Regan. I really appreciate the, the way that you juxtapose the, the different ways that we show up for Kamayu and Kamali. Mm-hmm. One not being greater than the other. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, um, I look forward to being able to celebrate this Mother's Day and the many that will come since the first one, since my very first one. Uh-huh. Come out, you made me a mom. Come out, you made room for us to be present. The angel ball. Come out, you makes room today. Soul affirmations, all of it. Yes. I acknowledge like some days it's not easy. Some days I see Kamali and I wish that I could have the same kinds of moments that I get to have with Kamali with Kamayu. But I recognize that that wishing, that desire to have her in that way, to show up as her mother that way, that is also my grief. And I make room for it mm-hmm. because it is evidence of the love. And Certainly. I would rather know this love through this loss than to never have known her at all. So I shed my tears and I lift my head. I celebrate this Mother's Day. It's coming. (laughs) Yes. I love that, Fee. Yeah. I love that. I love the defining and the redefining. And may I also share a perspective that says the love that Kamayu gifted you informs the way you mother Kamali. Without a doubt. She's the beginning of it all. So in that way, the moments would never be the same. (laughs) You have something that can't be measured, but it's great. Mm -hmm. You have a a bank of love. And the way you show up for Kamali is amazing. (laughs) Especially during your structured (laughs) playtime. Felicia has a wonderful structured playtime routine. (laughs) I, however, we... Kamali and I play differently, mm-hmm. but different isn't deficit. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> I thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. Kariga and Felicia. And you, the listener, thank you for making space. Wherever you are on this Mother's Day approaching, however your motherhood experience has called you, I celebrate you. Mm. and I give you your proverbial flowers and if I see you in the streets I'm going to love you in real life (laughs) because you deserve it Mm. thank you to our amazing executive producers Cody and Tommy Oliver our producer Crystal Hill from my family to yours may we all love more abundantly peace peace